Back to Steve Vines. Not not for fun, may I stress to, em- to the listener. We empty chaired you last week, and I swear <laughs> I did get an email saying, has he been hot carted off? I'm like, sorry, not this time. <laughs> no, no, I, I volunteered to be carted off, and they said, no, thank you very much. He was on assignment. Yes, you hear I that, was. You hear that thing we just played there? Uh, e-cigarettes. Yes. I mean... Not good for you, apparently. I've no idea, but I, I was... Because you all know the answer to this. I wonder if there's, like, e-cigars or e-spliffs. No. There's no e-cigars? No. You won't know the other one? I wouldn't know anything about the other one. I mean, you, you know, I know I little s- about You've got cigars. your I say face yes, on, haven't you? I say. <laughs> Honestly, You've never the idea of- that um, you, you, there's a substitute e-cigars. for cigars is very hard to believe. <laughs> I'm just saying. Brilliant. Anyway, yeah. good to see you back. I'm pretty sure you've been ca- uh, you know, kept abreast of what's been going on over the past few I, days. I have. In fact, I, I was um, part of the time that I was I went to the airport and of course I had a bit of a problem with the baggage so oh. I so I instantly called up baggage handler Lung baggage handler and carpenter's fan Mr Lung and I, I you know I said to him uh, you're the bloke you you call up if you've got a bit of a problem with baggage aren't you go to guy <laughs> go to guy listen and, and he said no I'm not Call my wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nobody... Ma- yeah. Here's, here's the deal. People are saying, come on, we've had enough of this. It's a load of rubbish. It sounds yeah. pathetic. But I think it's just about, as always, the tip of the iceberg and what, to lots of people, this kind of stuff represents. It is, you know, because um, the incident in itself is is relatively tr- trivial, frankly. Yeah. Oh, why did she I leave mean, it there his, in the first his, place? That's his, what I want to know. His daughter's a bit of a what's-it, and she, she couldn't remember her hand luggage, so... Well, I've, well I mean, we've all, we've all done... Come on, let's be honest. I haven't. Says he pompously, I haven't. <laughs> I, one of my few Well, you just sk- wait until you do, Steve. You're going to get short shrift at Hong Kong Airport. <laughs> I know I, I am. One of my few skills is ability to take hand luggage with me through the airport. See, that's I the don't point. have many, but that's one of them. On the face of it, it's like, come on. It's, come, yeah, blah. but what, I mean, what this shows, and it's almost a classic example of a couple of things. It's, first of all, a classic example of when you're in the brown stuff, instead of digging yourself further in there... You really should try and find an exit. And it's secondly an example of of the incredible, almost incredible determination of the chief executive to pick a fight and not let go. Come on. So you have a situation here where there's a great public hoo-ha about whether, you know, he abused his powers as chief executive to get special They would treatment. in pretty much every other place in the world, there, though, wouldn't it they? It has been known. This Let's is the boss it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm the boss. Who are you? Exactly. Squirt. Mm. Um, so there was that. Um, and, you know, I think people are right to say, you know, don't abuse your power. But, but you can actually make this stuff go away unless you're the chief executive of Hong Kong, where you're absolutely determined to pick a fight. Mm. So they then have... And I always love it. They then have an inquiry into this, and the airport authority has an inquiry, and they conclude that actually everything was right and proper. But they say in the course of their extensive investigations, um, they they notice that Mrs. Leung, Mrs. Chief Executive, um, was proceeding in a northerly direction towards the security area to, to personally hand over the bag. I would get in a way... I tell you, I would not I tell you. (laughs) I tell you, she and she apparently was a little frazzled. Now, you would think, well, that's probably what happened, actually. I mean, and that's what would happen to any parent. And, and, you know, but no, no, if you're the chief executive of Hong Kong, you say, I'm not accepting that part of the inquiry. I know it's, it's absolved me, but I'm still want to have a fight with you because you've said something that disses my wife. Oh, and by the way, 
we're going to get lawyers. He now wants to get lawyers involved. Get lawyered up. That's what them, they say on yeah, the TV shows. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, it's uh, them, them boys and them lawyers. So, I mean, it's a much peculiar situation <coughs> where you have a man who is deeply unpopular, almost willing everybody to, to be reminded of why he's unpopular and saying, look, I've got a problem here. The best way to fix it is to is to make it worse and is to really have a row. The, the airport authority is going, Chief Executive, we've just said you're all right. You know, drop it, son. Mm. It's OK. And he's going, oh, I'm not dropping it. No, no, no. No, no, no. You, you, there was a word of criticism in there. I'm, I, I, I'm the Chief Executive of Hong Kong. I, 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 blah, 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 etc. It's just balmy. So the impression that people have is... A, he sees himself as being above the law. B, frankly, he's obnoxious. And C, frankly, he's obnoxious. And you notice how in droves all his so-called supporters are finding excuses to leave the room. So, you know, they're, they're, they're asked, you know, do you... Do I've you... got to go to Ledgeco. No, they wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be saying that. But it's, you know, are, 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 you, are you a firm supporter of the Chief Executive CYLO? Oh, my God, is that the time? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what, though? There's some other issues here. I mean, the point of this thing... And it's nothing to do with politics. Nothing, it's almost nothing entirely whatsoever. personal. This, this, and I don't know this to be true, but I can imagine that uh, on a spike on Chingma Bridge somewhere is the severed head of a very lowly <coughs> airport employee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, I don't know this to be... Not, no, no, not, no. Apparently the, the guy who first leaked the story has indeed been, been pushed on his bike or electric vehicle, as we now call them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Always get the little guy. This is the absolute rule of thumb in these matters. So you have to ask yourself this, Steve. In the big picture, why has this become such a big hoo-ha? There was a thing. There was a news story two days ago, and the news story, if you read it without knowing, you, blah blah blah, it's just uh, the airport authority clarifies this, this, and this, this, and this security bags. But it's not about the bags. It's not about the bags. It's it's about it's not. somebody who's who's in deep doo doo, who who seems to be incapable of doing anything other than getting himself further immersed in it. And the reason why people relate to this story is they go, yeah, told you so. He's an arrogant what's-it, and he's, 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 you know, he's using his powers for personal, personal purposes. I think that's what it comes to. People don't like it. It comes you, to You the... know, when you've got a more skilful politician handling this, you know what they would have said? Do you know what? I think there was a bit of a cock-up here. And I was a bit worried about my daughter. Quite rightly. And, um, you know, you know what? I think I better apologise to mm. the airport authority because it's caused a lot of unhappiness. That's what a sensible person would do. Now, to be honest, no one's accused the chief executive of Hong Kong of being a sensible person and a carpenter fan. Not, I... not that I want to repeat that or bring it up. <laughs> You're the only one that talks about this, by the way. I just, it's a worry, I'm just saying. I just, I just found a random comment about this topic on one of the streams online. And some bloke, and I have no idea who he is, he said, it's not about the security of the goddamn bag, it's about <laughs> the act of perceived privilege to influence the execution of the rules. Which yeah, is, which is well, he uh, means the, the the breach of the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's exactly that. Next, next. Yeah. Well, we we won't quite leave the chief executive along because he's he's <laughs> honestly you've got to laugh. Catch that island. If, catch if, that island. If it, if it wasn't slightly serious, you would laugh. But he's now saying, you know, these economic problems we got. Bit of a downtown. Bit of a downturn. A downtown. Downtown. <laughs> downtown. Yeah. Whatever they call it. Um, you know that, and, and this business with tourism going down and, you know, shops laying off people. 
it's those independence advocates who are causing all these problems. I mean, you know, I've known economic experts in my time and some of them, uh, you know, poor deluded fools, think it's something to do with the economy. But no, 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 no. There's it's, all, this, there's it's all to do with this half a dozen people who formed a party claiming to advocate Hong Kong independence. I mean, you know, this is Horlicks 101. It really is. There's this weird notion in this part of the world that stuff needs to be talked about. Well, yes, stuff needs to be talked about. But in this issue, you've got to play the game because the more you stomp and huff and puff, the more this becomes a thing. Yeah. I mean, the reality is that this Hong Kong Independence Party is minuscule. Oh, of course. It's like, you know... And and most people in the democratic collected. camp have yeah, but that's well how the Falun Gong it. started, isn't it? Well, and I think that's where we no, might no, be but going. Most people from the democratic camp step very well away from the Falun Gong. No, 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 Gong no, 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 well. no. My point is, it's a group, <coughs> and it's a group that's gently yes. growing, and that's how the Falun Gong started, and yeah. that's the paranoia about yeah. the Falun Gong. It's this great thing of um, you know you 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 feed opposition by persecution, and you feed opposition by by the heady oxygen of publicity. So this group, who in most societies would get pretty little publicity, is now the number one issue, is responsible for the downturn of the economy, is apparently worrying the leaders in Beijing. You know, Xi Jinping gets up in the morning and he goes, oh, oh, comrades, you know, uh, I have nothing to think about today except for the emergence of the Hong Kong independence group, whatever it's called. Yeah. You know, honestly, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it really. There's, there have been lots of news stories about this, and so and so CPP, CPP oh, person. Uh, if you but follow, the more you talk if, about if it, if you follow the communist press, and you know, it's a bit like watching Fox Television. It's something you need to do after taking an anti-rabies injection. But they they're full of stories of you know, so and so met a foreigner. Proof, if ever there was needed, that that the oh. Independence Party is fueled by foreigners. What's your in? Your- in Apparently, in Asia's world city, Asia's it, world it, it, city, it, it, it's 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 a cardinal offence to meet a foreigner. Oh dear, your 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 knowledge of colonial stuff isn't bad. This whole notion of the independence—I think they're just doing it to sort of wind everybody up. Oh, I, I honestly think they are. Oh, of course, <coughs> but fe- fe- I mean, look, looking back, what's the feasibility? Because people think, well, Singapore, Taiwan, etc. And, of course, it's been talked about in the smoke-filled rooms all over the place because it's a fun conversation to have. But what's the actual feasibility of this, even down the line, certainly whilst the Communist Party is still running the show? Well, I mean, you do have to ask yourself about the feasibility of a very, very big multicultural, multi-ethnic state. Yeah. Um, being able to hang together forever. I mean, the, the, you know, if you were actually to have a grown-up discussion about this... It's not very logical. You, you, you would have it, and you would say, you know, what do the southern Chinese have in common with the people in the northwest of the country? And you'd say, actually, very little. But it's been a political entity now for six decades, and it's very rarely been a political entity for that long in Chinese history. Mm. You know, that... The, 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 that size of landmass so the idea that people are saying well is that going to carry on in perpetuity seems to me a perfectly reasonable question we don't even need to be talking about this it's very off very obvious that the students and all the people that are talk- they're just doing it to wind up the uriah yeah. heaps of hong kong yeah and they're, they're, they're succeeding and they're really succeeding. They're succeeding i mean you know nobody had heard of any of these people before no. there was all this jumping up and down but 
I suppose the reason why there's this jumping up and down is because there's a, an amazing, amazing sense of insecurity among the people who are supposed to be the leaders of Hong Kong. You would have thought that they had a pretty big job to do, you know, considering the other problems Hong Kong faces. You know, while they're, while they're busy messing around with trying to... To, to, to change the poverty line so the figures are no longer that embarrassing. After the news on that one. Well, we could perhaps come back to that, couldn't we? I'll tell you what, Steve, there's you know. another thing here. that there, It could be, you know, when people talk about things, there's often a reason, that tiny, weeny, microscopic glimmer of the notion that somewhere, in some parallel universe, that could actually happen. Well, it's not... I don't think whether it happens or not, I think the glimmer here, and this is the glimmer that they want to expunge, is the feeling in Hong Kong of a unique identity. And, you know, that's very hard to deny. There is a very distinctive culture in Hong Kong. There is a common history that cannot be taken away from the Hong Kong people. And although the leaders don't like it, there's a great pride in Hong Kong. They don't Kong. like it, happen. They don't like <laughs> no, it. Don't they don't like it I want to go. To, I want to go to an email from Steve, um, <coughs> who reminds me of something very important that I don't think we've seen the last of. It is, of course, the gift that keeps on giving. Steve says... At a time when the biggest abuse of one rule for the rich, another for the rest of us with the Panama Papers, you would think that the person um, <clears throat> would underplay the incident. He says, talk about being in touch with public sentiment. Good job for Cyril. We don't have a choice. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, and I've heard this from the government, so it must be true. Panama Papers, not a problem in Hong Kong. Will, the fact that we're the be. biggest money laundering... Oh, sorry, not money laundering, sorry, I use that word. We're the biggest centre for transiting stuff over to Panama, not not a problem. Hmm. The fact that some universities are involved with offshore cut, not a problem. The fact that prominent people in Hong Kong choose to handle their affairs in this sort of less than transparent, not a problem. Depends how much of it's illegal. I mean, truly well, illegal. I, I think even if it's not illegal, and most of it probably isn't illegal as such, yeah. But it, is, it does come back to the question of transparency. And if you want to operate a first-class financial centre in a first-class economy, transparency is increasingly Well, you becoming... get better deals over the road. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> well, you, 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 you pay more for better. It's as simple as that. 20 minutes to 11, still in with Steve Vines. Bearing in mind your shady journalistic past... I wanted to get your take on something that's very much in the news at the moment. Of course, it was 15th of April 1989, one of the worst sport-related disasters, I think, that's ever happened. Of course, Hillsborough. Yeah. This is... Um, I mean, it's interesting. It, you, you don't instantly need to be interested in sport. It, it's interesting on many levels. This was the disaster at the Hillsborough Stadium in Liverpool where 96 people died, most of them crushed to death. And 94 of them was actually on the day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And what happened basically was there was a, a, a massive, massive failure of crowd control and breaches of safety regulations and stands collapsed and people piled on top of each other. So it was all quite bad enough, quite bad enough. I mean, 96 people dying at a sporting event, it, it can hardly be anything but tragic. But what followed from that was so appalling and made the people of Liverpool so furious. On the one hand, you had the Sun newspaper, a place where scum happily reside, um, describing the people at the stadium as scum 
for this is a very english word and, it, and, it, and it's used a lot in that kind of press it is. isn't it it's it's you know something gray and murky in water yeah and it's a very english word for something nasty and low life and it's nasty and no life and basically what the what particularly the sun newspaper did was accuse the the victims of being the perpetrators of the crime and it was a crime because what happened, and it, the reason we're talking about it today, is after 27 years, they finally had a definitive commission of inquiry in, into what happened at Hillsborough, which has concluded that the police not only were negligent in their response to the disaster, but actively covered up their negligence, actively lied about what they were doing on the day, and sought to point the finger of blame at the people in the stadium on the fans rather than themselves mm. also apparently the ambulance services didn't come out of this with glory i mean they didn't lie in the way that the police did but they were not active enough in um trying to get the bodies out the people who were actually the heroes of the event were indeed the fans who who you know helped each other to escape from from what was going on who were moving the bodies out of the crush, etc., etc. Mm. But I mean, what's extraordinary about this is it's taken 27 years for for the record to be set straight. And a lot of people were saying, "Oh, well, you know, why are these people in Liverpool so obsessed about this? Why don't they just let it? You know, it was a terrible thing. Why don't they let it rest?" And it's a tribute to, I suppose, the spirit of those people. They said, "No, I tell you what, we're going to find out what the truth is, and we want the official record." set straight Hmm. and to all those people who say oh it's hopeless you know let it go you know you know that you you can think of countless incidents where people say that oh well you know it was bad enough why are you mulling over it why are you you know hammering on about it i think this this is the ultimate vindication it doesn't bring those people back to life Hmm. certainly doesn't do that i think it does bring some comfort to their families i think it does bring some comfort generally to the city of Liverpool, which was smeared in this awful way. And, I mean, it does show that that citizens determined can change the most arrogant and lying regimes. Of course, that has no relevance to Hong Kong whatsoever, Mm. if I may say. The news this morning, so it's all about the review and the bit that I was interested that... (coughs) You know, you you probably know about is just the you know you knew about the leadership of the Sun and all that. Yeah. We've, we've got a very good friend who used to work there. Probably at that time, she probably worked there then. Um, the South Yorkshire Police Chief was suspended over this. Yeah, so oh, it just no, just now. Yeah, yeah, there's no two ways about this one. Mm. Um, it, it's it's really it's really been how many well like 27 years. It's just. I mean, you bring up the whole business with the Sun, uh, not mm. a newspaper that's widely, widely loved and sold in Liverpool these days. No, it went, it hit the deck it, in it, Liverpool, it, didn't it? Nobody would buy it. It was like it was like toxin. Um, but you know, I mean, as someone who's spent most of my life in the inky, inky finger business, you do know that when something like this happens you have a particular responsibility to get it right. So a big tragedy happens. Always newspapers say, who, who do we blame? Who do we blame? Mm. So the most newspapers, there was a choice. This is, this is what's interesting about where the sun was. There was a choice. Most newspapers 
took a non-committal stance simply because there was no evidence of any conclusive nature as to who to blame. But they sought to take the police line in its entirety. They were fed stories by these scumbag policemen who said, ah, you know, they're a bunch of savages, those Liverpool, you know, those Liverpool people, they'll do anything, blah, blah, blah. And they just wrote it. They just wrote it without any other verification. There were lots of eyewitness accounts, not least from other journalists. Now, the interesting thing, of course, about a football match is almost by definition in, in, in Britain, a lot of journalists attend it because they're reporting on the event. Just, just, just to nail this one home a bit, the headline in that paper, very soon, if not, like, hours afterwards, it says, the big one is, the truth, it says at the top, and then they've got these sidebars, it says, some fans picked pockets of victims, some fans urinated on brave cops, some fans beat up PC, giving kiss of life. That was in really big black letters on the front page of the and current And all pub. of it was a lie. All of it was a lie. How that's, can you urinate what's... on a cop when you're within an inch of your life? <clears throat> well... You know it I was mean, just anyway. a lie. It was just a lie. I mean, it was an extraordinary lie. And I think it was it was mixed in with... I mean, I'm from the south of England, so there is a sort of southern prejudice against people from the north. I understand all of that. Don't excuse it, but I understand it. There is a sort of feeling with, oh, aren't these sort of messy working-class people, you know, they're, they're only one, way, one step away from savagery anyway. I mean, there's all of that. And the interesting thing is this all was contained in a newspaper that saw itself as the paper of the British working class. I mean, staggering. Um, well, don't forget, in recent times, we've seen the demise of the News of the Screws, as they called it. Yes. That's which kind was of the same which family. Which was the same family as, as The Sun. Mm. I mean, that was brought down by another set of lies. So, in a way, I, I hate to see newspapers close, but in a way, I think, you know, if you do something as spectacularly dishonest and poor in terms of journalism as this, you do deserve to pay the price. Now, The Sun is much shrunk. I mean, it's still the best-selling newspaper in Britain, but it's much shrunken from its glory days. Yeah. And it sure as hell isn't the best-selling paper in Liverpool. Just want to clarify, as does Mike, it's in the, the place itself is Sheffield. <laughs> oh, sorry, um, I, I keep saying Liverpool. I've got Liverpool on the mind. Well, I'm it's, sorry. <clears throat> it was very much about no, it Liverpool, was Sheffield. let's not forget. Yeah. Mike says, uh, I, as an Everton fan, welcome the outcome of the inquest in Warrington. It has to be hoped that it will change people's attitudes to the ordinary football-loving soccer fan. Well, that was a big stigma in the 70s and 80s, it the was. football yobbos, as, they, yeah, get, as yeah. they said, wasn't it? And, of course, now, because of the way that the Premier League operates, <laughs> an ordinary person can barely afford to go to a football it's match. It's very They're much so changed. expensive. I mean, they actually, these football clubs are swimming in money. They're swimming in money not because of what they get on the gate, but what they get from the TV um, rights that they sell for, for many squillions of pounds. So, I mean, and plus, you know, nowadays most people sit down at football matches. Well, yeah, I mean, there's... It, it, it's a very new world. Case, case in point, it's, it's a very, very different game. I think if anybody can stomach to watch this, it's very... It's all, of course, on up there on, online and stuff. It's very interesting that um, I think it was... I think it was Des Lynham and, and, and Jimmy... Uh, I uh, can't remember. Anyway, Des Lynham was... It was a well-known <coughs> football commentator. Yeah, they, yeah. They, were, they were doing the game. <coughs> da, 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 da. Uh, and this thing, this was already starting to happen. And the, the TV commentators didn't say a word because they just didn't know. They thought yeah. it was the crowd having fun. And then you just see this behemoth grow. And only then do they start going, uh, uh, the game's been suspended. So it was happening well, in right, fact, the right, game, right the game, before their nose. As from my memory, the game went on 
at the beginning of this because, to be fair to the players, they also didn't know. That's what I mean. Yeah. It was just happening. So, you know, if you're in a commentary box, which, remember, is high up, you don't have much vision of what's going in the stands. You have a pretty good vision of what's going on in the field. Certainly not. So they probably, I'm sure, didn't see it. I'm not saying they were dishonest in their reporting. I think they simply didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, right now, England seems to be in a real, or Great Britain seems to be in a real state of disarray. There's all, all sorts of nonsense coming out about David Cameron, and he, indeed, hasn't gotten away with this one either. You're talking about indiscreet the, the, comments and yeah. comparisons and this, that, and the other. Not a happy place right now, but I hope that in some way, what's been going down makes some people. Well, I mean, at least there is breathe a sigh there's a good relief. result hmm. from this um, commission of inquiry. I mean, it's a good result. It, obviously, it's a good result for the for the victims and their families, but but I think it's actually a good result for the British system that you know a wrong can not be righted. Cops, not. Well. But they have to take the consequence. Oh, but a wrong yeah. will be righted. I mean, you, you've seen that the chief of police being suspended, which is what should have happened. I assume other disciplinary action will flow from this. In fact, I'm very sure it will. Oh, it's not over yet. No. But at least it's been addressed, and I think that's what human nature sort of de- yeah. And it, we and, need and, sort know, of thing. For, for people who say that the rule of law is a kind of uh, additional add-on, have a look at this, right. because it, it, it goes to the heart of how society should be uh, conducting itself. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd love to go on and talk about islands that move under their own steam and all sorts of stuff, but I think, Steve, we're just going to leave it there for today. Thanks a lot.